you come in. You are most graciously welcome to Tens on Tens, a girl talk comedy podcast in which two tens make top ten lists about whatever they choose and shoot the shit, as it were. So procure the libation of your choice and, pardon my candor, sit down, shut up, and listen. Here are your hosts, the debutantes of debauchery, the queens of crass, the mistresses of muckrockery, Emma and Lo. Hi, Tens. We're back and better than ever. Um, hi, it's me this time. Uh, Lo is out today, but as usual, I'm always going to bring you the best and the brightest that I'm able to find. And today we have one of my very, very best friends. I said very best friend for that one. Did you hear that? <laughs> I did. That was so good. Miss <laughs> Binta Berry. Hello, hello. <laughs> hello, Emma. Oh my God, it is such a pure thrill. This is truly the most exciting day of my life. <laughs> oh my God, that's a big fucking deal uh you've yeah, had some exciting days so i'm impressed thanks for being on my show oh my god like this has truly been months and years i would say in the making like we oh god. every every opportunity to collab with you is a gift so thank you for having me oh my god slate so for those who don't know Benta and i are friends from way back in the day in high school and we were um theater kids together you know so which is why us being on a podcast together is like second nature because these bitches love to perform um mm-hmm. i'm a sagittarius she's an aries it's like a disaster in in heaven is what it is. the best disaster you will ever know let's be clear <laughs> So um, I wanted to bring Binta on specifically today for you guys because I, when I think of topics for this show, I'm always trying to think of like, what do we like to talk about at slumber parties? Like, what are some girly fucking subjects to discuss? And I'm like, why haven't we talked about romance novels yet? Because that's the girliest shit in the world. And I think a lot of it is because that like, I haven't, I've really been slacking on my reading habits lately and I'm trying to get back into it. And I know that when we were in high school, we were all about like fan fiction and shit like that. And that felt like a precursor to just romance novels. And I don't know if that's like a generational thing, but what are your thoughts on that? So yeah, I'm super excited to talk about romance novels because I work at The Ripped Bodice, which is an independent bookstore in Culver City that specifically carries romance novels of all subgenres. And we have been open now for seven years, um, operating out of the same um, brick and mortar building in Culver City. And we have an insanely loyal and dedicated um, client base of people of all ages, of all backgrounds, um, who read romance novels like I devour bags of Cool Ranch Dorito chips. Like, (laughs) it is... Romance novels are like the most successful genre in publishing and have been um you know when you think about like your grandmother's like bookshelf and how she had the little mass market romance novels with Mm -hmm. like the guys with the shirt rips off and the girls like draped in these gowns like i mean they've been kicking for for generations this genre and it's just become just been becoming more and more um inclusive um you know, representing different um, uh, sexualities and genders and situations and, um, you know, just all the kinds of things that are representative of, like, the world we live in now. And so 
I get to see all different kinds of of stories coming in and out, but like still always the same tropes that we know and love and we go back to day in and day out. So like there's the through Fuck line yeah. of that, which we love to see. So I'm I'm pretty excited about this because like I said, I feel like I've been slacking a little bit. My only experience really is like some minor fan fiction I read in high school and then maybe like a smattering of some pornos here and there <laughs> that I've dabbled in. So mm-hmm. I asked Binta to kind of come up because she's the seasoned reader here. I wanted her to think of like her top 10 tropes that she just hates, like absolutely despises because as somebody who's read a few, I'm sure that you have a couple. Um, I, on the other hand, I'm going to be a little bit more upbeat here and I'm going to think <laughs> about the ones that I have actually enjoyed because I'm, I feel like I'm a picky reader so this was really kind of a fun list for me to make did you have a hard time coming up with yours surprisingly yes and honestly like my top my top like five I would say are the ones that like I legitimately like dislike and will never read or try to avoid if not possible Mm. but like going from like six to ten like I was starting to really be like okay like you know I would read these or like I do like them but I'm very very specific about like why I don't like them um Cause like it's ranked like one being the worst, right? Uh, yeah, for you would be like my. Yeah. I absolutely hate it for sure. Yeah. Sometimes this yeah, stuff yeah. can get confusing. Yeah, we do these, like, I just wanted to make sure. Things. Right, right, right. Um, But yeah, like 10, like I would say like six to 10, I was just like, okay, like I do like these, but I have these like things, like these very specific things that like make me annoyed when I read them and they're done wrong. So like, yeah. Right. I've got beef with this particular element. Okay. Exactly. We can kind of get around. I feel Mm -hmm. like... I know that you probably definitely put the fucking effort in with the research. I know that you did. <laughs> with me, I was like, shit, I don't know <laughs> fuck all to say about this. So it's really going to be on off the cuff on my end over here. But Love that. that's fine. That's this is honestly I'm... so representative of our relationship. <laughs> <laughs> I know, because my ass was like, okay, so, you know, normally I write like a paragraph or two for each. Right. I s- sometimes do. And sometimes I don't. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's fair to set that expectation for your for your co-host, though. You know what I mean? Like, you're the one who's seasoned yeah. here in this realm. Like, mm-hmm. I am the newbie. If I pulled up, like, off-cuff, like, I'd be able to make it work, but it would be sloppy. <laughs> you deserve better. Dude. Oh, my God. No, you should hear the stuff. So I always ask my dad about this kind of stuff because he's the seasoned vet with this mm-hmm. kind of shit. And mm-hmm. that's always the advice he gives me. And I am I always feel like, okay, yeah, I'll do that. And then I never fucking do. The- <laughs> I had like a like if it's somebody I don't know as well, I will definitely be like, mm-hmm. okay, what are we gonna do next? But you know, if I bring my friends on here a lot because I just have a better time in general. Because mm-hmm. like I said, we want like a slumber party vibe, so yeah, that's what we're gonna oh, go with. Um, so I'm gonna go ahead and kick us off so we can get this ball rolling because this is gonna be yeah. I don't know if it's gonna be like a totally shorter episode, but mm-hmm. you bitches on a time budget today, so we're gonna we're gonna get things rolling here, and I'm gonna start oh, us yeah. off with my tenth favorite romance novel trope and that is the old flame which binta's gonna laugh at me about this one the old flame slash ex-boyfriend trope because listen bitch i'm the queen of fucking your ex-boyfriends all right 
I'm I'm a queen of that shit and I love reading about it because there's so much like drama that comes from that naturally like I don't obviously don't do that shit anymore but like the man I'm currently with was like an ex-boyfriend once or twice before he was like the real deal because (laughs) right I know because you you know you got to break up with them once or twice to see if they're gonna stick around you know that's that's the secret sauce um (laughs) it's tried and true i will stand by that but there's so much involved with that i think that there's the concept of like getting to know this person again who already knows you a little bit and it's Mm -hmm. like it's like unlearning parts of yourself and the other person while learning new things so it feels layered it's but it's like not better but it's different than like a simple i don't know boy meets girl story or boy meets boy or girl meets girl kind of thing so Mm -hmm. i love an old flame especially especially if there's already something else going on and they like throw a wrench in that shit that's like your Mm -hmm. classic telenovela story like that's your like you know soap opera but it's good every fucking time it's good every fucking time (laughs) i hear you i do hear you you know it it definitely lends itself to like you said like that shared history gives it even more tension Mm -hmm. when it's just like re like revisiting like looping back to it so i get it and even like when when we know there's not a fucking chance for the old flame it's nice when they Mm. they come in just to cause a scene um i love the drama of that i really do and I think about like I tried to come up with like couples or shows or books that I really liked that had this and I was like mm. I can't think of them where it was like a successful you know <laughs> and so let that be <laughs> the indication but, but you know I've heard one or two dipsy stories that were pretty good with that that oh my god so, you know dipsy this is not like sponsored con I fucking love dipsy so yeah. much oh my god it's Fuck yeah. so good because it's so specifically targeted towards women yeah. and how we process sexuality that it's like, yes. oh my God, like, why would you even bother doing other shit with it? So shout out to right. that shit. And if you have not checked out Dipsy, girl, do yourself a yeah. favor. It's right. literally just like audio erotica. Like, it's literally like, yeah. it's like audible erotica version. Um, and right. they have all different types of like, very, like, you can, you can filter by sexuality, by gender, by like race even like mm. scenarios like it's so good and the oh it's so good yeah absolutely yeah check it out. <laughs> i want to do one thing though that makes me uncomfortable that kind of shit is like as someone who has a my, my family is involved in in media and mm-hmm. voiceover work and stuff like that i know that my father has worked with people and he's edited shit like that before oh, and so shit. i'm like christopher <laughs> like wary i'm like who was involved with production of this i need to know (laughs) no 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 no. ignorance is bliss (laughs) exactly so that's my number 10 um let's move on from this for sure amazing so my number 10 i chose forbidden love um so this is kind of like so something that i've peppered in here a lot is like how through this list i realize how averse i am to tropes that are like lending itself to that kind of like drama that you see in like soap soap operas and like telenovelas stuff like that like 
it looks it seems like it would be entertaining on paper for me but when I actually read it I become so frustrated and so like so distressed by it that I can't like the payoff never like actually pays off for me um so that's where I landed with like Forbidden Love which again I don't mind it when it's done well but like my hangups with it are that like the extremes of that trope like give me whiplash like it could be like Forbidden could be like taboo like teacher student or like there's this book this book series by sierra simone who's this amazing erotica writer um and the first one is called priest and that one's a priest who was a former stripper who like gets involved Mm -hmm. with like someone in his congregation um so like that could be forbidden but then there's also like forbidden that is like that is like star-crossed or like dark romance you know mafia shit or like an interracial couple princess and the pauper type shit so it's like it just becomes like a catch-all that like there's no like I just feel like I never know what I'm getting into that's so true that's so true because I know we're gonna come back to this one on my end for sure but it is Mm -hmm. very broad and that can be extremely frustrating for me there's like two specific sub-genres of that I really love but I can understand why that would be really annoying because like I think people when they don't know what they're doing they rely too heavily on that trope they're like okay so we're gonna cause some strife west side story or some shit I don't Mm -hmm. know (laughs) like yeah yeah. no exactly like if you like go on goodreads and you like I was using google obviously a lot for looking up examples you know of different tropes Mm -hmm. and stuff like that so when I searched like forbidden romance there was a list where red white and royal blue came up as a forbidden romance and I was like how is that forbidden like that is like i don't know that one what's that so that's by casey mcquiston it's um Mm -hmm. like the son of the first lady or the son of the first lady of the united states or no not the first lady she's the president in the Mm -hmm. story so her son and then the prince of england like and they get in a relationship so it's like forbidden in the sense that it's like ill-advised but it's like calling it a forbidden romance and i immediately think like dark romance or like Mm -hmm. taboo and i'm just like i guess it's taboo but like it's also just like fine (laughs) you know what i mean like i just feel like the stakes like change in my mind when i see like forbidden romance and then i see something like red white and royal blue on the list um which is that's Yeah. I also the one thing I do want to want to say before we keep going is that like w- one of the other reasons you specifically I think are great for this topic is like you've got some great recommendations so like and I will market, <laughs> truly just, yeah. back it up with like examples and that's I will. love that I'm gonna hook so, it up for y'all <laughs> oh fuck yeah if you had to pick like well that's not a good question I'm just saying I'm trying to think what my thoughts would be here. I feel like when you're writing romance novels and you're going to do, like, taboo, go hard or go home. Like, identify thing, you know? Like, I can't. I totally agree. Like, I think you should definitely, like, really lean into, like, what is actually taboo. Like, socially taboo, you know? Mm -hmm. Like, or even, like, in the context of, like, historical romances where there's, like, things like, you know, class was Mm -hmm. a lot more, like, prevalent and, like, still is today, but, like, specifically back then. Um, Yeah. And, like, race as well. Like, you know, and, and, you know, things like priests, like I just mentioned. 
situation where you mm, know it's obviously taboo so yeah oh yeah like, and I think away. that women women respond to taboo as like a topic specifically because like we are so confined at what we're allowed to do so mm-hmm. like the idea of something being off limits and like mm-hmm. not okay to talk about or do mm-hmm. I think is really interesting to a lot of women so that's why like you see the success of things like Fleabag or even Game mm-hmm. of Thrones like there's I think uh some shit going on there guys and it's okay yeah. and you're fine <laughs> okay it's fine it's fine it's truly like it's one of those things like when people walk into uh, my store and like they're kind of just like hi I was wondering if you had like any smut and I was like yeah we have smut like yeah, yeah you're good meanwhile Dude. there was a customer that came in today who's like yeah I'm looking for monster fucker books and I was like yeah I got you you know absolutely so it's, it's liberating absolutely we love a monster fucker book and that that genre has just blown up in the past like year and i'm so happy for the girlies to be proud of it okay i used to sell sex toys in college at the spencer's gifts in my baby and so i knew every freak in the book and all of them were coming (laughs) and asking me the crazy shit in the world and i was like you know what we don't have those dildos that'll lay alien eggs inside of you but i know where you can find them people are crazy wow. um i love that for them and if you're shameless yeah. about it good for you even even exactly. more so exactly so anyway that's a really <laughs> good point and and i feel like we'll come back to the one for sure okay so number nine for me this one i don't know if it's as common but i love like the playboy in love like the rake in love mm-hmm. <sighs> yes, i love that like <laughs> casanova oh and he's mm-hmm. like all in and you can change him bitch like he's a project but he's gonna work on himself like mm-hmm. <laughs> shit's so good to me and I can't even think of like a specific example of that one either but I'm mm. like thinking of like at least for me the people I've been interested in that's kind of been the situation <laughs> It's like nice to know like, oh, this fucking jerk right here who's like a little bit of a slut, mm-hmm. I'm going to make him a wifey. Like that is very yeah. like powerful to me. I love that. And um, it is. And if you have recommendations with that, please, I would love to know because – yeah. Mm. I mean, there's so many like in the historical romance, like there oh, yeah. you can toss a toss a stone and hit like twenty five titles that have the word rake in oh, them. Oh yeah. Oh, that's kind of like um like the first Bridgerton novels, kind of like that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's a good one. Yeah, it's it's giving like it's giving Taming of the Shrew energy, mm-hmm. but it's like Taming of the Rake, which I'm sure is the title of a historical romance. Of something. Um, oh, I can't like even think of the word rake and not think of that. Cre- creepy pasta which like uh, is a complete do you know which one i'm talking about the rake no oh jesus don't look at him okay it's scary i really won't i really really won't like you it's don't have to scary. tell me twice <laughs> so that's playboy that like i don't know the like tony stark-esque t- kind of character mm-hmm. um i love a little slut i love a little slut boy <laughs> we no 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 we absolutely love a slut um i definitely have like hold on hold on because i feel like there's one that i'm thinking about that i'm forgetting um um so i i feel like one that kind of comes to mind and it's like i like to read ones where it's like 
he's a he's a slut but like he wants better for himself mm-hmm. or like he he's like trapped in that cycle and like wants to get out but doesn't know how and like or, or like he wants better for her you know yeah. he's like you don't that exactly so like there's this one by tessa bailey um it's a duology so this one's the second one of the two books um and it's called um hook line and sinker and the first Mm -hmm. one is it happened one summer um and in the second one um he's like a he's a fisherman who's like a total playboy like never is in a serious relationship like doesn't know a fisherman (laughs) daring daring occupation like he like literally is risking his life going out into dangerous seas to like get fish or what the fuck ever i don't even remember um but he's like he's a total playboy but he doesn't want to be and he starts to like fall in love with this girl that he can't have which is his Mm. best friend's fiance's sister and he's like told explicitly not to like engage with her at all sexually romantically whatsoever so of course he's just like i'm i'm down bad for her but he's just like i don't want to be a playboy for her i want to be something serious for her and it's very very sweet it's very very Uh, yeah see because like i don't even have any specific examples of that one i just know that i'd be all about it so that's like (laughs) short and sweet and that can be enough that could be mm-hmm. enough mm-hmm. absolutely so that's, that's my number nine what about mm-hmm. you so my number nine again i say this knowing that like i have grown to appreciate it more but it's still like off cuff like something i don't like and it's friends to lovers oh, yeah, um, <laughs> yeah it's just like it makes me so and like i i genuinely can't wrap my mind around being like your friends you already like each other you may even love each other so just kiss like just fuck like i just like i, I was never able to understand why that simply just couldn't happen um and that was my hang up with it I know obviously that there are reasons but like in my mind I was just like so you already like each other so then kiss what's the fucking problem <laughs> like what's the hang up so I'm gonna jump in here because the one I have right after this is similar it's not friends to lovers but it's childhood sweethearts oh yes um, that's on my list okay too, so <laughs> Okay, I, I let's talk about it because I love it. Yeah. I think that it, if it's done well, it's really, really satisfying. But mm. yeah, it can be frustrating with this whole like, will they, won't they? Because when uh, I think mm-hmm. when a plot relies too heavily on that, and you see it a lot in TV shows, it falls flat half the time. For sure, I think. For um, sure. As told by Ginger, do you remember that show? Oh yeah, I think that's a really good example of one that could have gone well, and the re- relationship kind of ran its course, and they ended it mm-hmm. in the show. And I think mm-hmm. that was smart, narratively speaking, but from a romance mm-hmm. point of view, not great. But mm-hmm. then you take like something like Pushing Daisies, right? Which, like, mm-hmm. if any, if you haven't seen that shit, people, please watch that <laughs> fucking show. It's the light of my life. That's like your quintessential, like. Ugh, I can't even wrap my mind around how cute it is and I think it's a little bit different than friends to lovers and I can't explain why maybe Mm. that's something you might know better but I I think it's cuter wholesome yeah I mean I don't think I can put my finger on it to be honest but like I mean okay so for me childhood sweethearts was number five on my list because that's one that like I genuinely like can't make peace with do should I still talk about it? Or yeah, like, yeah I please wait? do. No, okay. Please do. I, like, for me, when I think about childhood sweethearts, it just makes me 
I'm just like, okay, so they were children, like they were young, prepubescent, like mm-hmm. didn't know anything about life or themselves when they decided that they wanted to like be down bad for each other. And while I yeah. obviously respect like that those feelings are valid, like using that as the basis, like the foundation of like an adult romance or an adult relationship, like just doesn't add up to me. And I'm like, obviously yeah. when they come back together after being childhood sweethearts, then it's like we're adults we've had more experiences we know ourselves more like you know this is like a second chance romance you know because we're we're giving ourselves the opportunity to to reconnect as adults who like know each other better I think it like makes more sense like in that way from like the friends to lovers is like a continuous relationship versus childhood mm-hmm. sweethearts. There's often that, that removal, which exactly. I love. I think that that makes it interesting, but yeah, I can see why somebody get like kind of annoyed with it for sure. It's more so when like people kept being like, Oh, they were like in the story. Like they're like, Oh, why don't you like, like him? Didn't you guys love yeah. each other when you were younger? And it was just like, shut the fuck how up. Is that? <laughs> yeah. Like how is that? How is that legitimate? And like talking about your relationship, as it stands for the person now versus when Mm -hmm. you were like 15 you know what I mean like it just well okay it's almost like teetering on the edge of an old flame thing Mm -hmm. it depends on how old you are so like a childhood sweetheart to me would be like literally elementary school right Mm -hmm. up to middle Mm -hmm. school maybe and I think Mm -hmm. the cut for me would be like 13 14 before you turn Mm -hmm. into an asshole you know um (laughs) yeah it becomes like oh my god literally um but then Mm -hmm. it becomes like about like oh that's like my first boyfriend that's like my first love that was like Mm -hmm. you know whatever so it's you'll i think you'll see with both of our lists there's going to be quite a bit of overlap with that because that's the thing with romance tropes there's like Mm -hmm. big genres and then all these sub genres that branch off all over the place because it turns out women aren't that complicated (laughs) they're not that complicated like the thing about the tropes that's so like the thing about why romance the genre is so successful is because of these tropes like they are literally like foundational to the genre and yes Mm -hmm. like like you're saying there's overlap because there's only so many tropes but like it's we're reinventing the wheel but like we keep like acting amazed like it's the first time we've ever seen the wheel and I'm okay with that like I love everyone's different takes on the tropes and how people get there and how it's utilized and how it's subverted like people are getting really creative with them so like I you know if I'm down bad for a trope I'll read almost anything if I know that that trope is in there and done well yeah for sure okay so moving right along because i kind of jumped the gun on that one i'll do my next (laughs) one um i really love the fish out of water trope um Mm. i realized that like a lot of my favorite movies and books do this even non-romance novels so you think about like little mermaid and splash literal fish out of water (laughs) um but then also like the, I think the romance in the Thor movie worked really well because it was the same mm. kind of concept. And it's yeah. like, it, it can be applied to quite a few genres and I think it works really well. So I think mm-hmm. it's uh, it's cute, but it teeters on the like born sexy yesterday kind of thing. So there's a difference between someone being like, I need someone to kind of like show me the ropes versus like, mm-hmm. I'm a stupid, sexy baby. Like mm-hmm. teach me everything, daddy. Like that shit pisses me off and that's that's the difference between something that's like a successful good fish out of water like the little mermaid versus like lilu in the the fifth element right Mm -hmm. yeah for sure yeah 
yeah, yeah, yeah. I definitely hear what you're saying. And like, especially, yeah, like you said, like, you know, walking that line of like, you know, someone who's empowered, but like Mm -hmm. still obviously has something to learn versus someone who is like, I can't do anything by myself. Please teach me, oh, big, strong man. (laughs) Which is why Thor is also a good example to talk about because it's a a man who's the Mm -hmm. fish out of water or like George of the Jungle, right? Mm -hmm. And those are both really good examples of like how people have talked about the female gaze in the earlier conversations because it's like, yeah, big, big, stupid, dumb man. (laughs) (laughs) We love a a himbo. Um, Let me show you how to live. I love when they're just stupid and hot. really do literally <laughs> you saw my exactly school I, i'm like listen <laughs> so, oh god I like oh god just dumb and pretty dumb and pretty having the most bizarre and specific interests that just deeply <laughs> embarrassing but dumb shit absolutely love it slay slay <laughs> Slay, huge slay. Um, okay, so we're on number eight. Um, yeah. Okay. So mine, so this is one I actually really, really love. It just irks me a lot. It's celebrities and like fame, like stories that oh. where they're celebrities. And the only reason why is because I my background is in the entertainment industry, and I can't tell you how many times I'm reading one that's like based in like Hollywood or just like entertainment and they're just getting the stupidest shit wrong like literally just like blatantly incorrect like not at all how a movie is made how a script is written like just so wrong and I'm just like it takes so little to source out information on the world wide web or within your own collective I'm like the least you can do is get it fucking right (laughs) spend time researching when they could spend the time writing about them fucking i know i mean come on no i won't i will not stand for it i will not stand for it but i will say i will say though like i there are two that i really really love um that i thought handled the romance well as well as it being set in that background and Mm -hmm. the first one is real by kennedy ryan it's a black hollywood movie story um and the romance is very genuine their personal stories and journeys are very genuine and it's beautifully written and i'm obsessed with it um and then the other one is a merry little meet cute which is a christmas like hallmarky one by julie murphy and Sierra Simone and it's a like bad boy former boy band member Mm. who's starring opposite um opposite his favorite porn star who she's an actor in her own right and but Mm. he like knows her as a porn star and she's like obsessed with him he was her favorite member in the group and it is so delicious and so much fun I loved that book so much that's really cool and I don't think people tend to to consider like sex workers and in romance lead roles in stories and she's plus size like we oh fuck yeah let's let's talk about that for a second because I'm sure as a black woman Mm. and as a plus size woman and that that's a fucking bone you've had to pick with the romance novel industry i know i've i have for sure 100 percent. like it's something that i feel like has gotten so much better in the last like five years and i think that's due to authors being empowered to self-publish their own work versus yeah. having to rely on traditional publishing and so now that like traditional publishing is like oh people like being being represented authentically like you're seeing it more in traditional Crazy. publishing um 
but yeah, I mean, I've read so many romance novels that have featured like plus size women um, yeah. who are fucking adored and their their love interests are down ridiculous for them and all of their curves and all of their glory and it has been like truly one of the most like uplifting things that I've experienced in my journey of self-love is seeing is reading these novels that have these um romance leads who are plus size and who are like adored for it um yeah so yeah yeah, I'm happy to give recommendations of that sort but yeah um Merry Little Meet Cute is one of them because I can't tell you how annoying it is I think to just like read a protagonist who's like I'm like so small and tiny you could pick me up and (laughs) blow away and I'm like to a certain degree at what point is it infantilizing just chill like Mm. oh my god um so that pisses me off a lot also as I've gotten older I'm seeing like how many of of these leads these female leads are like 19 i know right i know and you're just Girl. like you don't know anything <laughs> um, which, yeah. which is like a great segue into my number six because mm. the book i would like to talk about specifically here and you know which one i'm going to talk about is mm. um a court of thorns and roses all right um oh, i got thoughts, thoughts on that I got thoughts on those thoughts. Um, first of all, if you haven't read this series, it's a series that's blown the fuck up on the internet because it's just like a, it's a book about fairies that be fucking in. What is a fairy in this universe? It's just a man with a big dick and. <laughs> and- <laughs> and you know what? Yeah. <laughs> that's it. And they all love this illiterate nineteen-year-old, and they're. All trying to fuck her. I'm fucking dead. No, she is literally the most like insignificant mid girl you've ever seen in your fucking life. Illiterate, like starved. Like sorry for her circumstances, but like Mm -hmm. she literally is just mid, and they're like down bad for her. Down ridiculous. Literally for what? She's (laughs) nineteen. That's right. Holy shit. She, she those perky little ass boobies. Oh god, forget about it. Absolutely forget about it. But I will tell you with this. This book did do one thing right, and that is a great example of the only one bed trope. Mm, so good. So good. So good. This is one of my favorites because every time it comes up, I'm like, "Oh, oh, yeah. we are getting to it. Let's yeah. do it." I think it's great because one one problem i have with a lot of like erotica specifically is like when it shifts kind of into those more sexy scenes suddenly the vocab changes it's like we were (laughs) so abrupt like two pages ago you said the word bum and now you're saying ass like it's all out and (laughs) i can't handle it y'all what the fuck but i think when Mm -hmm. like something like an only one bed trope arrives you are prepared a little bit more for it Mm -hmm. absolutely absolutely it's great and for me i love a slow burn and it's one thing that's kind of like it's like Mm -hmm. giving me a little taste i'm like yes Mm -hmm. give it to me um so i think akatar is a really good example of when that's done really well um Mm -hmm. but like i said if you haven't the scene that she's talking about is in a court of mist and fury you have to get through you have to get through a court of thorn and roses to get the good shit and i'm sorry to you i'm sorry that that has to happen but i promise you it gets better listen i'm such a fucking hater i read the first three books like in like a week i was like i hate every moment (laughs) 
So <laughs> like, meanwhile, not sleeping, not eating, only reading. <laughs> so, you know, about me. Um, I didn't go past it. I couldn't go past the fucking Christmas special Christmas episode. Okay, but I'm telling you, A Court of Silver Flames is the smuttiest, most amazing like character journey for our girl Nesta. I'm telling mm-hmm. you, it is Yeah, glorious. people keep saying that to me. I understand. Like, I get the gist of it because I have literally, like, TikTok spoils everything for me. So, like, I kind of yeah. know what happens. And listen, yeah. um, I just don't want my man Cassian to find anyone else to love but me so i don't know if i'm ready for that <laughs> um, you're like it's me or nothing cass like so, so figure it out all right that's why i say i love dumb idiot hot boy i really right. do oh, um God. So, Ooh, so good yeah yeah heard, anyway heard. if you haven't read them, i think because like just woman culture you need to understand the context of akatar so read them mm-hmm. and then make up your mind and then you can join the <laughs> hater club or the lover club whatever you want to oh my do. god yes but you'll be a part of a club i can assure you <laughs> and then you'll get the dancing tamlin tiktoks on your feet oh and my god to- so fucking to- funny Ooh. No, the TikToks have been inspired, honestly. Like the, some of the funniest shit I've ever seen. So good. Um, all right. Okay. Um, all right. So wait, I'm on seven. Whichever one you haven't done yet. Okay. It's, okay. It's Beautiful. a loose I'm, form. I know. I'm such like a. I'm on number seven. <laughs> fuck off. Okay. At myself. Um. Okay. Amazing. So. Okay. Again, this is one that is one that i i generally love but i had this really amazing talk with my coworker Catherine about this trope that really changed my mind about it so my my next one is enemies to lovers mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. here's why so i um so i generally thought that i loved this trope i was like give me that tension give me like that hatred blah da 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 but like when you no. get to the meat of it right it's like the the trope only really works efficiently when it's like there is a like a literal a legitimate like reason why they can't be together a legitimate like hatred like completely on opposite sides of a moral compass or like a a world whatever so like it it clicks when it's like fantasy right like if they're uh, different avatar. species <laughs> um, i mean so that's the thing too so 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 enemies to lovers is different than rivals to lovers mm. and oh, rivals to lovers is more so like they are they are usually like in the same kind of like uh concentration or their their co-workers or classmates like they have similarities and they're evenly matched and that's Mm -hmm. why they hate each other and it becomes that kind of tension whereas enemy slovers is like they hate each other and would kill each other on site and like for whatever reason they have to be like put together and they have to overcome that hatred and like while that is still attractive to me i i having that context of like reshifting the focus to rivals to lovers made me appreciate that trope more and like enemies to lovers less because like i just can't stomach knowing that like the two people i'm supposed to be rooting for like would rather have each other dead than like be in the same room yeah the, that intensity is just like a little bit of a turnoff for me sure. but like still like when it's written well i'll read it especially when the payoff like is good but like for me rivals to lovers i just automatically know that it's gonna be okay because like 
there's already that that level of respect which respect, like yeah, enemies equality. lovers yeah exactly enemies lovers there's no respect <laughs> there's none like they literally literally hate each other but sometimes you don't want a bitch to respect you like sometimes I mean... <laughs> And exactly so. Yes, there's a time and a place, and like I will always, always respect that. But I think for my personal taste, like I will gravitate more towards rivals to lovers than I will enemies Mm. to lovers. But I still love like enemies to lovers. And I also noted, God, I sound like a fucking loser. I also noted, um, but I was thinking about the ways like that trope has been like subverted a little bit um like there's this one book series that's like witches and like any number of like their sisters who are witches and they're paired with like different supernatural creatures and so the first one um which is called wolf wolf gone wild um it's by juliet cross um like these witches are taught that like werewolves are like the worst beings alive like they should not be killed on site but like they sh- they can't associate with them they can't help them they can't do anything but there's this wolf who's like werewolf who his like wolf persona mm-hmm. like is taking over his like human side and he's not controlling it so he's been cursed and so he goes Omega to verse <laughs> we <laughs> emma we cannot get into it <laughs> and we won't <laughs> That's an entirely different podcast in and of itself. <laughs> I refuse to touch it. <laughs> I can't. Oh my god, truly exclusive. Um, but like he goes to this witch and he's like, please, I need help. And like, you know, you would think that it's gonna give like enemies to lovers, but she's just like, no, you know what? Like, you're someone in need of help, like, regardless of your species, like, sure, I will yeah. help you. So, like, I, I think it's, like, interesting when things like that happen. Um, But, yeah, generally, like, for me personally, enemies to lovers, like, when it's done well, I, I love it, and I definitely appreciate it, but, like, generally, I will lean more towards, like, rivals. Yeah, and I think that that's a good point, because I don't think enemies to lovers is ever done well. <laughs> there's like there's like a few but i'm like no i don't forget how he broke your arm intentionally three chapters ago bitch exactly <laughs> exactly like it's asking the reader to have to forgive so much just as much as like the people in the situation which like for me sure i'm a hold a grudge like i'm a mm-hmm. i'm gonna remember that shit and like i, I will not me. i i will not accept this union <laughs> oh my god okay so this kind of leads into my next one. I think that there are cases when enemies to lovers might work. And mm-hmm. it's in like a rare case of like amnesia. Oh, um, yeah. So I love a good amnesia plot line. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, some some good examples here. We've got uh, Jane the Virgin does it mm-hmm. excellently. Uh, mm-hmm. 51st Date, the Adam Sandler movie. Uh, yeah, <laughs> but that's a really movie. sweet movie. Um, mm-hmm. The Good Place does it really well, too. Oh, and good. and then you have it to lesser degrees with things not necessarily amnesia, but something like Alzheimer's or like The Notebook, right? Mm-hmm. So, like, those are, like, The Notebook's, like, an iconic romance. And I'm not a Nicholas Sparks girly. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you have to pick a Nicholas Sparks book, like that's the one, right? Mm-hmm. That's the one, you know. Um, sure. and there's a reason for it. I think the amnesia, like, element to a love story can be really appealing because the concept of like refalling in love with somebody mm-hmm. is like it's like the old flame, but pure. 
you know, mm-hmm. it comes, it's, it's like so a, romantic. Oh yeah. Every fucking time. And it's like, mm-hmm. how could you not, but oh my God, I saw a crazy fucking Netflix movie. That was like a lifetime esque thing with Brenda's song in it where she had amnesia. Have you seen this uh, movie? No, I've heard of it. I remember I saw the trailer and I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> I saw it and I was like, this shit is so crazy. And it, I don't like it, but I have to talk about it. It was like mm. her and she's basically taken home from the hospital by this man. And she's like, oh, it's my husband. And she's like falling in love with him again and he turns out to be like a guy that kidnapped her and he's not her he's like killed her real husband and i was like oh what a twist um anyway <laughs> not to like i want the brenda i want the brenda song renaissance but that was not what i wanted <laughs> but you know what she is good in is she was in that video game oh god where she's a camp counselor with werewolves and shit oh god what the fuck is it called a i don't even video like video game? game yeah she was like a character in it and uh, oh, so cool. it was like Ariel Winter, the modern family girl. Oh, anyway, yeah. We played it like last summer and I was like, this shit is so cool because you were like a camp counselor and you got to pick like options and to hunt all the werewolves that were trying to kill all the counselors. Anyway, the Brenda song yeah. Renaissance is 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 well deserved. It's, it should be underway. Mm-hmm. But exactly. yeah, um, Amnesia is one of my favorites. I put it right at the five line for me because mm-hmm. it's like I have ones I like more and I have ones I like mm-hmm. less. It seemed like mm-hmm. a good starting point too we're gonna go from here um so yeah that's all i got hell yeah hell yeah um so my next one was second chance romances which i don't Mm -hmm. mind um but it was just like i said like seeing your faith with other people or like fighting how much they love their partner is depressing like i i for me it's like the slow burn of like that redemption that just like really kills me i'm just like i want it now (laughs) like i don't want you to fight um but no i think it is a beautiful trope because you get to like we were talking about earlier like seeing how that shared history that they have and like the care that they have for each other like never went away and that's like really that's really touching and very romantic um yeah i agree I think it's yeah. it's like the old flame trope too, except there's less mm-hmm. of like a drama element to mm-hmm. it. It's more mm-hmm. like a pining concept. Like yeah, a, yeah. Oh, we fucked this up the first time or our circumstances mm-hmm. got out of control. And there is like a mm-hmm. sadness element to it that it's like if you really mm-hmm. want to get in your feels, there's this element to it. So. Exactly. I loved um the movie um uh, Ticket to Paradise, which is now on on amazon it's george clooney and julia roberts um oh, big time second chance romance um i had so much fun with it it's super campy super of like you know the kind of like 90s 2000s like romance rom-com movies oh, yeah. um but it, it was so much fun and so true to like truly giving someone like another chance giving not just giving someone else another chance but giving yourself another chance which i think is important yes that's such a good point i think with like Mm -hmm. any kind of successful romance novel there's an element of like self-reflection that needs to be essential Mm -hmm. to the story which it's like it can't just be like i want to fuck that person that's what dipsy's for which right (laughs) per okay so the next one that i have for you this one i was like oh i totally forgot that this was a fucking thing because everybody hates a love triangle we hate a love triangle in this house but what Mm -hmm. we do love is a two-person love triangle which say more i hadn't even thought about this but of fucking course it's a thing some good examples are like uh spider-man and mary jane peter parker right Mm. 
two people, but we think it's three people. So like Superman, Clark Kent, Lois Lane, wow. Sailor Moon, kind of situation, right? I mean, that's like four people right there. <laughs> <laughs> but it's it's good because it's it's like it's like the miscommunication trope. But it's like yeah. it's like. But it's not at the same time. I don't know how yeah. to explain it except like mutual pining. And then yeah. it's an s- extremely long burn always. Mm-hmm. But when it finally clicks, bitch, that shit is f- fucking on. You better okay. believe it. It's mind-blowing <laughs> too. And it's and it's, it's so, I think, essential that people almost don't even consider it a trope. Like it's, mm-hmm. it's in literally every superhero movie yes. ever. Because ever. it works and it's good and... And then when they can build a relationship after that, it's mm-hmm. it's really solid. Like, you know, Peter yeah. Parker and Mary Jane, Lois Lane and Superman, like, they're really solid couples because mm-hmm. I think that was the base that they were coming from, where it's mm-hmm. like, oh, I loved both sides of you so much. I was literally torn. This simplifies everything for me. Of course, you're going to be my person forever. Like, mm-hmm. I love that shit, man. Exactly. Very satisfying. Hell yes. Hell yes. Um, okay, so now we're getting into the nitty gritty of the ones that I really don't like. Um, <laughs> yeah, so yes, yeah, so my next one is Brother's Best Friend. Um, I'm calling, no. I'm coming from this as someone who has an older brother and his oh. friends were useless, like, not <laughs> anyone that I would ever be interested in, but even if I was, like, I wouldn't know what to do with myself. But so for me, it gives me the ick because it's so it's so intense drama for like such little payoff. Like obviously mm-hmm. the expectation is that like you will be with the person that you want to be with, but it's like it comes at such a cost of like ruining your own relationship with your family, whether or not it was good to start with. Like going through those trials and tribulations with like your own blood just seems so not worth like literally being with the one person that you shouldn't okay. be with. Shouldn't be with. Sure. But what about if you were to do like your best friend's brother? Best friend's brother, I feel, is like for me more I guess it it seems a little bit more accessible because it's like Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. It <laughs> which is so funny because it's like from a different perspective, but it's still mm-hmm. kind of the same trope. It's, similar, it's like that but yeah. idea. Yeah, but it's like for me, like every time I see that it's a brother's best friend, I'm just like, why would you do that? Like there's so many people in the world. Why Binta. would you do that? Binta. You never had one of your brother's friends come over and be like, he's fine as shit. Not once, not once. One of my one of my friends saying that about my brother. No, one of your brother's friends coming over, and then you were like, "Who is that?" You've never no. that's ever happened. No, are they all maybe, just losers? <laughs> yes, <laughs> maybe, maybe mm-hmm. once, and like it was so fleeting. I never entertained it. I think it would be different if that were the case, because yeah. like I will say that I've I've thought that certainly about like my friends' brothers, mm-hmm. and I would be like, "What would it look like to bridge that gap?" <laughs> But I'm like, then I'm just like the mess, the mess of it all, which I'm just like, is it worth potentially jeopardizing my friendship over some guy? It's fair. I mean, or it'll be like a Harry Potter situation where he's like, take care of me, bro. Like, (laughs) oh, God. The face I'm in right now, disgusting. But no, I think it's just like, 
I think it's just so messy and like it stresses me out thinking about the logistics of it all like and I I think like I generally am someone who does not like a lot of that I do like shenanigans and that kind of drama in the romance books that I read but like it, it still stresses me out nonetheless and I'm just like please relieve me from this but like some two examples that I came up with for this one um so one of them it's not like it's not best or it's not brother's best friend but it's a queer um relationship it's two women and Mm -hmm. it's a college senior and then her best friend's mom and like yeah it's Ah! so messy it's super smutty really really love like the relationship in it but it's like beyond like they're it's basically like an affair even though it's like they're not cheating on anyone when, like the mother is divorced like the girl is not dating anyone but like because of all of like the sneaking around it seems like an affair and it's like Taboo. what a weird exactly and that's where that's where like that trope like comes into play with this one where I'm just like yeah in the end I would consider it taboo because what the fuck are you doing all this running oh, yeah. around and for what Girl, um you're so right that makes sense <laughs> I get what yeah. you got the hesitation I guess whenever I saw it I was always thinking because I don't have siblings I was always yeah. thinking it from the perspective of like oh my friend's brother absolutely yeah I would fucking want 100 yeah. <laughs> percent like I've had lots of friends who had lots of hot brothers and I'd be like so so fuck this bitch right (laughs) she's annoying um (laughs) oh you're so messy that makes sense (laughs) i mean i don't i don't think i hooked up with friends brothers i can't remember i honestly don't think that you have I've I've been messy and I've hooked up with people I probably shouldn't have. <laughs> for sure, I mean, when not nobody's for sure. brother, nobody's brother. I don't think even you, even you, roommates. <laughs> I mean, but even you wouldn't cross that line, and that's what I'm saying. Like, there's just like I'm not saying that I wouldn't, bitch. I was never given the opportunity. <laughs> to. And I'm not saying that you wouldn't have been able to again. Like, I know that you would if you had been given the opportunity. But I feel like I feel like I feel like even you, for all that you would chase a dick like it wouldn't (laughs) it's just so much work at the end of the day we are lazy emma that's so much work oh t you're so right correct okay (laughs) okay well i think in situations where this stuff kind of does work is when we get into my number three here and that is it's so broad it applies to literally everything but it's pining and angst Mm-hmm. Mm, it's a mm-hmm. quintessential element to Absolutely. a good romance novel it's you will have shit without it mm-hmm. i don't care if you only want to write fluff out the ass if there's not a <laughs> smidge of pining i'm not about it i'm sorry mm-hmm. i think about like my favorite like romances of all time and i have mm-hmm. like a few that come to mind specifically you know we obviously know i'm a twilight bitch okay yes. The pining, the longing. Let me tell you, let me tell you, another element of this, if they can never have sex ever. <laughs> oh my God. I'm like, yes, Buffy and Angel pushing daisies. Mm-hmm. Twilight, I'm about it, okay? Mm-hmm. My favorite couple of anything ever. I talk about them all the fucking time. I was a big Doctor Who bitch, as we know. Here we go. <laughs> we fucking go. And if I'm, I'm not even somebody that's into like shipping and stuff, but like mm. the 10th Doctor and Rose Tyler, if you guys aren't familiar, bitch, 
much that I don't 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 do it. <laughs> it's a hole you'll never get out of. I don't even read fanfic for any other thing. Just that. Um, mm-hmm. It is obsessive though, and it's so much pining. It's like the piniest pine to ever pine, and yeah. I can't get enough of that shit. It's the ultimate oh, yeah. slow burn. But let me tell you. Let me tell you. I'll read that five hundred thousand chapter fanfic <laughs> but when we get to the one fucking chapter <laughs> bitch i will read it eight times yes oh and yes and it's tasty oh, yeah every single time it is delicious mm, worth mm-hmm. every single moment of waiting so i highly recommend it and it's really <laughs> dramatic i think in like instances like buffy and angel like where they do hook mm-hmm. up and then, and then shit's awful after that you know I, yeah, like, yeah 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 <laughs> you're like oh god the, it adds so much like intrigue so much character so much plot i just mm, I eat it all up every time absolutely yeah. absolutely i totally agree it's the slow burn of it all like them thinking that they don't have a shot in the dark oh and then when they the finally longing. End, the longing and them just being so oblivious like not picking up the cues that someone else is giving them or like mm-hmm. not wanting to not seeing the signs for what they are because they think that they're just like you know hope they're just seeing what they want to see but it's like no it's right there in front of you oh god it's obs- it's, it's an obsession i have personally. yeah it's a high honestly mm-hmm. if i could put mm-hmm. that into a fucking needle and inject it if i could <laughs> fucking put it in a line and snort it i would be an addict point blank period girl it's called ao3 just (laughs) you telling me it's called ao3 girl be fucking for real (laughs) as if it's not my homepage basically one day one day binta we're gonna resurface all of the fucking shit you wrote in middle school no and we won't and we will not be doing that thank you so much you have twilight fan fiction you've written right I have I know you do. that I wrote that to this day still gets like <laughs> likes, favorites. <laughs> following, no, following it. A one shot that people are following for updates. Wait, wait, wait. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> is, is it the one where Edward has a motorcycle? Yes! <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you for remembering that first and foremost. <laughs> not let me tell you that there's only two things in this world that get me (laughs) edward cullen and boys on motorcycles girl you think i'm not gonna fucking think about that every day oh my god God. that is going to be the thing i regret the most on my deathbed and i'm not even kidding (laughs) (laughs) i love you for it i'm so excited that it exists Okay, good. I'm glad we talked about that one. Woo. God, this is so incriminating. Um, my next one is very easy because we already talked mm-hmm. about how much we both don't really like it, but it's love triangles. Mm-hmm. Like, I do think that I do think that it would be easy to say like be a thruple, but like, you know, that is its own like yeah. series of complications. Whatever, whatever. And I hate how they pit two bad bitches against each other. Like, they're two yeah. viable options. And well, now this little girl has to make a decision. Usually they're both viable. Like, you know, there's a reason why there's a team Edward and team Jacob. Like, you're both viable okay. options. Okay, okay. But you're going to tell me that Jacob had a fucking chance? I'm no. I'm not saying I was team Jacob, Emma. No. Calm down. No. <laughs> I 
saying this for like every love triangle that's ever existed. There's always one party that it's like really that bitch didn't have a fucking chance to stand. Like we pretend yeah. it's like it's like artificial drama. Like like yeah, Ennis is gonna pick fucking Gail over Peta, right? Of yeah. course. And like the girlies who choose the other ones are delusional, and we know this. But like I feel like I can't think of one right now where because I I never like to read that trope. Um, mm-hmm. but I feel like there's some example out there of like a love triangle where it's like two like even i would even say vampire diaries like they were two like i i did not really watch that show i read like the first book and i was like absolutely not but i feel like they were both ones that like she really could have ended up with both of them or like even like true blood like Mm. of all like the seven partners that she was with every single one of them i was like yeah for sure girly like absolutely live your best life i'm an eric northman truther I mean, that, same. 100%. You're going to make me choose between a Confederate soldier and a scar. <laughs> One never had the choice. And you're right. And I mean, you're right. <laughs> but still. I've said the best. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I mean, when she was with fucking, I forget the werewolf's name, but him jeez oh, sam was his name sam i can't fucking remember he was a whiny piss no baby. no no sam was the shifter the werewolf oh, was right. what's his name Fuck, like El- elric eric whatever uh, no eric they was don't matter because eric was yeah <laughs> exactly he was. but yeah fuck a love triangle a love triangle mm-hmm. okay so um my number two here also very special to me as a as a 10 rose shipper is a reunion Mm, my god rent free in my head that reunion rent free (laughs) dude i'm not even joking when i had like my first heartbreak at like 16 i watched that episode and i like poured all of my feelings into that and it cured me me. i was like oh fuck that dude like what is this like this is my everything now and so you're right i just like i think any kind of relationship where like they've been separated for some kind of situation Mm -hmm. and they're they're just trying to get back to each other outlander is another really good example of this mm-hmm. outlander girlies out there and that when they like come back to each other and they're both like 40 mm. and they're mm. like just see each other for the first time and he drops all his papers and it's like Ugh. i'm like i know that they oh are fucking for the rest of the year okay period period <laughs> i know that it's about to happen and it's it's like yeah. all of the angst like angst and all of that stuff is great but like when you have it's the payoff of the angst mm-hmm. it's the it's like the, the the moment of of recollection or whatever fucking word is that i don't know you know what i mean it's yeah, yeah. important it's important and I, yeah, yeah, yeah. thank you thank you mm-hmm. i just eat it up like fucking peanut butter cups bitch yeah no 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 <laughs> no it's absolutely stunning and gorgeous and like Oh God! It really is, honestly, like the reunion sex that always gets me. Like, cause oh I'm God. just like that is truly the most passionately they will ever make love mm-hmm. in their lives, and they know it. <laughs> yeah, yep. it's oh. like you you take all of the like when people talk about like oh creating like a mating bond, first time love, and I'm like mm. fuck that shit. life. Okay, I don't no because you don't need any extra magic shit. Like, yeah. it's it is their connection alone that is driving mm. this absolute passion and it's hard to have from literally anything else so like i will stand that forever till the mm-hmm. till the dawn of time yeah that's it yeah and you're right and you're right and i am and i am right <laughs> Correct. okay 
So, so my number two is Insta Love. This is like versus Insta Lust. So this yeah. is literally two people on site being like, "You're the love of my life." I don't understand that. Maybe it's because I have a complicated relationship with love, um, which is perhaps an overshare, but like, I just like could never wrap my mind around having that kind of like instant love because like, for me, at least love is something that develops over time. And that's something that changes over time and can mean different things at different points. Like, you know, all of those things, like it's complicated and it's dense and it's rich. So it's just like for someone, like my friend was talking about a book that I won't mention because I'm not going to read it and I don't want to read it. (laughs) But like, she was like, this book took place over the span of like 12 hours. And by the end of the book, and it was like, uh, the story took place over the span of 12 hours, I should say. And like the, the book was like 277 pages. And like on the last page, the character was like, I love you. And I was just like, I'll kill someone. I'll I'll fucking kill someone. (laughs) Exactly. I was like, are you psycho? Are you well? Like, obviously not. Um, So like for me, insta lust, like when you like, obviously like that instant attraction to someone and then like you develop feelings over time. Mm, I eat that up every single fucking time. But like, I will say like, cause I was trying to think of examples of like insta love that like, didn't turn me off and like the closest one I could come up with was um the movie The Wedding Planner with Jennifer Lopez and Matthew McConaughey which is one of the best (laughs) romance movies of all time like that chemistry like it was it wasn't so much that it was like insta love so much as it was like it wasn't even really insta lust but it was like it was giving insta love because of the genre at that time like it was giving like immediate like connection that was so strong. It kind of surpassed like and went straight to love. Um, So like, it was more so like a a time period thing of like when it came out, but I still like eat that shit up every single time. Like I knew that they loved each other and would love each other for the next like 90 minutes. And I would just like be sat (laughs) for that entire journey. Just Um, those 90 minutes though. Like, clearly but no i just think it's silly i think it's silly to believe that that's a viable relationship um to fall in love with someone that immediately um and that could just be my own ignorance and if that's your truth then that's your truth but i'm not about it (laughs) see but i would believe someone could fall in love with me that quick i feel like that sounds right (laughs) (laughs) i mean also same like we are very much and i don't even think like we are both two big-headed people so it's hard (laughs) to have any kind of like objectivity about it but like i genuinely think that's a very viable thing for both of us like people immediately are attracted to us like because of we're so vibrant i mean so yeah like truly like our looks our personality and blah blah, blah, blah. so like it's it's absolutely like a possibility and something we've encountered many times and that's just our oh my god (laughs) i fall for love bombing every time i'm like of course you're in love with me dude of course why wouldn't you be i will not read about it i just i do because you experience it. it it's not your fantasy it's your reality that <laughs> and there it is we cracked the code <laughs> okay all right are we ready for my number one you're gonna hate me i am so ready oh my god here we go 
My number one is your number 10, uh, Forbidden Love. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you are so predictable. Dude. Oh my God. Because I, like, I'm not a romance girly, but the romances I cling to, I cling to them. They're everything mm-hmm. to me. And it, they're all like the star-crossed lovers. And I'm like, God damn it, mm-hmm. motherfucker. Like, I can't not love this shit. And, and the way that you talk about like, how there's lots of different categories of it, I'm like, sure. And I do like, you know, a good taboo romance, like, like Fleabag's mm-hmm. excellent. But the ones that I think sustain me long-term that I've been obsessed with since I was like 15 have been like the, the destiny kind of ones, you know? And I think that what that just mean? is... Like, even just from, like, the first time I read Romeo and Juliet, you know, that's just, like, your classic quintessential Mm. romance. Like, that's just, like, this concept of, like, these people are destined to know each other and to love each other. And they're also destined to just be pining for each other for eternity, Mm. pretty much. That is so good to me. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's definitely, this in the context of Doctor Who makes all of the mm -hmm. sense in the world. (laughs) I love that shit. Doctor Who Who and uh, Twilight are like two of my like favorite examples of that shit. But I Mm -hmm. think because of that, like I think what people tend to like conflate with Starcrossed is like magic and and even sci-fi but i don't think that that's the appeal of the genre to me it's like the the mm-hmm. humanity behind it like there's mm-hmm. so, these people that are just people in love that are just moved by their fate and you know mm-hmm. things that are out of their control but what mm-hmm. keeps the story interesting and good is the very human feeling at the center of the story i think that's mm-hmm. what makes it really interesting to me so like like twilight i say is a really actually a very good love story i know that it gets like a lot of shit but um I've been rereading it recently and it's one of the only books I've ever read that really encapsulates that feeling that you get when you have like, you know that the person that you like is into you too. And it's like that Mm. that slow awareness and learning and feeling and growing with them. Um, Mm. And that's a really like hard thing to get right. And it gets it right every time. And so like, even though all of this other shit is happening around them and all of the like, you know, there's crazy vampire and shit. People always say Twilight doesn't have a plot because it's so focused on just that element. I'm like, no, that's what makes it good. Get off of your fucking, get off that case, leave them alone. Okay. Fuck you. Yeah. I I love that. I really, I've never heard that perspective before, Emma, and I really love that. I've been thinking about rereading Twilight just because I gave it so much shit and like, it's, it's giving like me coming around to like being a Swifty, I love Taylor mm-hmm. Swift and mm-hmm. I didn't like her for the longest time because of misogyny um, and I feel like I slay. put a lot of that <laughs> misogyny slay um, I feel like I put a lot of that energy towards Twilight as well and that's not to say like you know Taylor Swift is faultless it's not to say Twilight yeah. is faultless either but right. like I feel like a lot of my feelings have been guided from the general publics um which isn't fair and i really did love twilight when i was reading it Mm -hmm. when it first came out and like i've you know was down bad for the movie franchise as well so i want to give her a fair second chance um yeah so yeah you saying that has really has really inspired me to listen i'll I'll sing twilight's praises all fucking day because it's Mm -hmm. not you know it's not perfect and our our faves Mm -hmm. are problematic but Mm -hmm. um we, I think it became so popular because people felt like they were in love mm-hmm. with Edward, like they were her, yeah. because it, it was, was so good at it. All. <laughs> and yeah, Bella Swan's pretty blank as a character, but like, the, yeah. I think the, it also captures what it feels like to be kind of like 
obsessed with someone right off the bat like yeah i've never read anything that really encapsulated that so well so i love that but um you know even love yes but even outside of like the romance novels i think like forbidden love really goes into like sci-fi is really good with it like doctor who obviously but like anakin mm-hmm. and padme from star wars are another really mm-hmm. good example of like mm-hmm. destiny and like oh i don't even like star wars i don't fuck with that shit at all but that shit <laughs> mm, i love that yeah That's faded it. mates faded mates is such a good mm-hmm. trope she was Indeed. nowhere on this list because she's one of my favorites so mm-hmm. <laughs> i love Slide. a faded mates trope um, all right top us off what do we got for your number one boo my number one is accidental pregnancy i fucking hate that shit so much i can't stand it i don't want a fucking baby anywhere near my goddamn pair okay because it is like it clouds it clouds it gives doubt to the relationship right because it becomes a the the romance the relationship becomes an obligation because of course like the person is going to be like i have to stay with you to see you through the pregnancy the person carrying the baby is going to be going through fucking hormonal hell for nine months and like Mm -hmm. sure there are good moments and there are bad moments whatever but it's all influenced by them creating life like i don't want any doubt in my mind that the reason that they're together is because they love each other not because they have to be together out of obligation um and when i say accidental pregnancy this is for people who were not in a committed relationship with each other so it was like a one night stand gone wrong Judd Apatow snucked up yeah (laughs) yes (laughs) like I see no joy in watching people fall in love because of a baby and I love reading I don't mind reading books with children in them like if it's like a um, second chance romance like if it's like a single parent trope like that's fine to me but if it's like the bulk of the book is literally just them going through this pregnancy together keep it <laughs> i do not oh, fucking want it also I like i don't i don't believe in your romance because your hormones are all over the fucking place of course you're gonna like be into the father of your child girl you're not in your right state of mind <laughs> Get over like, it. say, it's simply biology like i hate to say yeah. it but it's literally biology like you're just gonna be all over the fucking place and you will do yeah. things that you wouldn't normally do or wouldn't normally feel girl, um, yeah how are you gonna give credence to that when you're literally eating ice cream and pickles i don't trust (laughs) exactly but like it's bizarre because like for the fan fiction that i read i love an accidental pregnancy but i think it's because Mm -hmm. like i already know these characters so characters yeah and i'm just like yeah i want to see them go through this because i know that's gonna end happily and i know that i'm gonna love watching them go on this journey together but like a new story a new whatever forget about it dude does twilight's accidental pregnancy count for this First of all, oh get <laughs> Any book after Twilight is hot garbage. <laughs> the only good one. The rest of them are just an absolute crazy fuck fest of just what oh the hell? God. What you the don't like fuck? any of you don't like any of the other books in the series? First of all, I was there for my man Edward, and then the second book didn't have his ass in it, so we're off to a bad start there. I was like, fuck around with me like that, bitch. And then the third one had, what the hell was going on with that? Nothing. And then the fourth one, you get, you know, Ragnarok and (laughs) Renaz Berry. And and she's like the worst thing i've ever heard there's like actually i mean not to be on my twilight soapbox but there's like uh, other versions stephanie meyer wrote like a second book to twilight before she wanted to be like a third book and that shit's crazy so i'm like stephanie maybe you should have just left it and just (laughs) 
not anymore because what you're (laughs) weird jacob wouldn't be a fucking issue like it wouldn't be weird because that's also stephanie meyer's brother's name like i got yeah every fucking problem i have with twilight happens post twilight i would love to (laughs) (laughs) that's so funny and like a bizarre thought that i just had was like isn't it crazy that we saw the downfall of jk rowling before stephanie meyer stephanie meyer like (laughs) fucking mormon ass bitch but like somehow she's still coming out of this like peachy keen that's crazy it's because she gave us midnight sun and uh uh if you haven't read that book please do because it's fucking crazy and like it ruined it it literally will ruin twilight for you did you know that edward cullen can't read bella's mind because she's brain damaged shut the fuck up i didn't know that i wish i was fucking lying to you binta i didn't i didn't read midnight sun i only read the first chapter and then it was when it was leaked i like never Back read it and then when it was published i was like forget about it i won't read it no please read it and then read twilight next to it as you go through so like everything bella's thinking she's like wow this mushroom's really good and he's like she is persephone eating the pomeranian and i am hades like i'm like bro you need to chill he's an old man what are you gonna do like he's an old fucking man they are never on the same page in the like meadow scene bella's thinking about like i love him so much this is so beautiful and he's like how many fucking bugs are in this grass right now i can't get over it i'm so sorry it's like they're never ever both in like that headspace and it blows my mind i wish i never read it crazy oh that's crazy so then how does it how did how can you justify their love after knowing that like Edward is a fucking idiot and Bella was just like yeah, one track bitch? It's because I love Twilight and I read it when I was like fourteen, and and because mm-hmm. of that, I, I put a lot of projection onto it. It's mm-hmm. not the best love story ever, but I I will I will die for Robert Pattinson. <laughs> and I mean, yeah, <laughs> and that's it. So, um, I think on that we're gonna have to end it because we are almost coming up on our time. But look, we Holy made such a we are. We did it. Yeah, That's we, amazing. We did it. So we had to get in it under the wire because I only had like yeah. an hour and eighteen minutes left on this like recording software. But we using, fucking like, did it. Listen, bitch. Hell we're yeah. Like, we're fifteen for fuck's sake. We're so good at Purr. this. Anyway, if oh you have any like questions about any of these books, please reach out to us on our Instagram because I can get you hooked up with Binta. We'll get you sorted. Don't worry. She's she's yes. the go. Um, and it's also amazing having you on the show. Thank you so much for being here today. Thank you so much for having me. This was even more fun than I conceived. And I just like genuinely had the best time of my life. Um, Please check out Culver Culver City. Hello. The Rift Bodice, which is based Mm. in Culver City in Los Angeles. Um, Our um, handle on Instagram and TikTok is The Rift Bodice. Um, You can buy our merch and books online. um, And we ship in the United States everywhere. Um, So check us out. And I hope that y'all get some inspiration for reading some more romance novels. Yeah, dude. I know that I am going to go finish my 10 Rose fanfic that I was reading last night until 4 a.m. Oh my god. Love you guys. Bye, Tens. Bye. It has been so lovely having you in for our little tete-a-tete. If you have any further tittle-tattles or salacious salutations, you may contact us on the World Wide Web at tensontenspodcast.com or you may follow the ladies on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at tensontenspodcast. That's one zero S 
ON10S podcast or via email at tens on tens podcast at gmail.com. Until next time, ta ta and toodle doo.